and we are back and we are the run duo i am tommy what's up y'all i'm india <laughs> you know that is so funny you knew you were gonna do that <laughs> i was like i'm gonna do it i ain't gonna say anything see what happens <laughs> i was like uh, okay <laughs> it caught me off guard but yeah that's tommy and what's up y'all it's india <laughs> oh goodness india how's your past two weeks been Oh my goodness. The past two weeks has been great. It has been very busy, um, but things have been going good. Um, I'm not, I am back to my, you know, it's so interesting. I'm back to my uh, recording my workouts and runs so that I can post my weekly updates on my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's taken me back to the days in 2017, 2018, when I did that for my first marathons mm -hmm. and Tommy, I went back and watched some of my videos from 2017, 2018. I was like, I am horrible. <laughs> <laughs> when you go back to look at your old content and just see how much you've grown and become more comfortable in front of the camera and just all of that stuff. So, um, but it's been good. Um, been pivoting a lot, of course, with the weather and the rain here in Atlanta with my training. Um, but honestly, Tommy, I'm really trying to give myself grace. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm definitely a different person, a different woman since I did a marathon the last time. Um, and that includes a different pace. Uh, mm -hmm. And so I am trying to accept the space that I'm in, that I'm in because I am a lot slower than I was before. Um, and unfortunately, when I look at some of my paces, I do get down on myself in regards to kind of where I am and try not to compare myself um, to where I was before and just really accepting that India, this is who you are now. You're a different woman and it's not a negative thing, but I think when I do my runs or when I do my long runs, that is what I'm consistently telling myself um, because it's, it's almost like I, I, I second guess, but at the same time, I'm preaching to my audience and preaching to everybody else that you just kind of have to accept where you are. And I think when I'm saying those things, I'm also talking to myself, right? Like I'm also mm -hmm. telling myself, India, it's okay. Um, Tommy, I think the glory of this next marathon for me and you being New York is that there's not a technical time limit. Um, and so I'm not really stressed about that piece. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also would love to finish when the when the sun is not when the sun's not down. But I also know that the way that New York is set up, a lot of times you start later in the day, which causes people to start to, to finish when it's dark outside. So try not to obsess about that. Um, my mm -hmm. long runs have not been the best and the best feelings. Um, and like last, this past weekend's long run, I literally took a little a little sit, seat on the curb at halfway mark. I was like, okay, we're just going to take a second and regroup before we turn it back around. But I also woke up later. It was really hot. Um, and so it was kind of one of those things where I said, I just need to regroup and you do what you have to do. So that's kind of where I am with it. But everything else is going well. That's good. Um, yeah, I haven't. I've been, you know, doing my training. I've actually, on the weekends anyway, I've been trying to run while the sun is up. Okay. Uh, you know, well, you know, not in the middle of the day, of course, but, right. you know, still early in the morning, but the sun is up because I do want to kind of get used to running with the sun up, even though I know it's going to be much cooler, um, mm -hmm. not the same kind of humidity in New York mm -hmm. as, it, as it is here. But mm -hmm. um, if I can do my training with the Georgia heat and the sun, I know I'll be able to, you know, hit hit my marks on the marathon yeah. and i mean mm -hmm. of course you know um we t we are totally I, i'm a totally different person from mm -hmm. where i was 
Um, Three years ago for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I, oh, I ran, I did run Publix, didn't I? So I think Publix was my last one, yeah. um, my last marathon. Um, mm-hmm. I think that year you guys all ran the 5K and everybody was laughing at me because I ran that. the marathon. Yeah, we, me and laughing. Tess were talking about you about that last weekend. We sure were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so um, even though, even in that one, I hadn't trained up, you know, you know, as, as much as I had in, you know, earlier versions. Mm-hmm. You know, I hadn't really felt bad about it. I'm, you know, I understand why I am um, trying to change it is, you know, not going to do anything, but just, you know, run my race and um, actually get it going. Honestly, I've been running too fast because I'm trying to do, you know, the slow runs, you know, um, the 80, 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your yeah, heart trying, rate, bring your, keep your trying, heart rate Trying down. to stay in that aerobic uh, heart rate. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I get going, I get to, you know, running, I'll get it going a little too fast, so I have to slow myself down. But um, so far, I, I felt good. I, I like that feeling of um, in the morning, getting it out the way and having that feeling for the rest of the day that I got yeah. something done. And also I can, I can feel that, that engine in my body, you know, still mm-hmm. warm, you know, throughout the day. So I, I like that feeling during training. Yeah, I think it's something um, and something that I thought about this past weekend was we really have to understand that training is to get you to race day, right? So training is not going to be perfect. It's not going to be linear. And the reason why it's 16, 18 weeks is to, to work through these kinks and to get better at the process to get to the 26.2 miles. Um, and so I think sometimes, and, you know, honestly, it's a piece of why I do what I do and like document what I'm doing is because I think that sometimes on social media and stuff, people make training look so easy. Like, oh, I just went and did a 15 mile long run. And now I'm going to go do, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's not the realness of what it really takes to grind out the miles and to become a better runner over the 18, you know, 16, to 18 weeks, whatever you take for, uh, your training. Um, and so I think that that's something also to keep in mind. And this is just me talking to myself and me talking to anybody else, any of our listeners that are training is really to just remember that this process is to get you better. It's not going to be um, easy or linear. And also, I personally feel like the training piece is the hardest piece of the marathon, like the day of, yes, 26.2 miles, but getting through the 18 weeks for me of training is, is the part that is the real work is the yeah. real work. Um, I mean, it's just mental. It'll just yeah, drain it's, you. It's a lot. It's yeah. Well, and it's because you're focused on a, you're being disciplined to things. You're trying to eat better. You're having to do workouts five, six days a week. And it's like this, this thought of having to do something, whereas it's not really a choice because you want a certain thing on the end of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I agree with you. The training is, is one of the hardest piece. And I tell my clients all the time, if you can get through training, the day of is piece of cake. That's not saying that nothing can happen in the middle of in, a, <laughs> yeah. in the middle of the twenty six point yeah. two miles. Because even watching the worlds this past weekend, we see that there are so many people that had to drop out or had injury or something. Anything can happen. But if you can make it the 16, 18, 12 weeks, whatever you use, you're golden. True, true. But yeah, I'm I'm enjoying training so far. I mean, it's we only on week three, so it's early. Mm-hmm. But it is. Still, yeah. Um. I'm enjoying it so far, but I don't think, cause I I've seen your posts. I'm not running as long as you are just yet. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. doing a lot of days, but they're shorter runs. Um, okay. so yeah. that's kind of what I'm doing right now, but 
it, it I'm, I, it's gonna wrap up pretty quickly. So I was looking at it, mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be hitting them them double digits not too long from now. So yeah, I uh, gotta be ready for it. Something right. Someone asked me to do something. I think the, over the next couple of weeks, and I literally had to look at my training plan, and I was like, oh yeah, I got an eleven mile long run that weekend. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those things. Or like Braxton was planning for us to do like a double date this Friday, and I was like, just to let you know, I need to be in the bed because I have eight miles in the morning. Like. It's it's that type of thing. Like some of mm-hmm. your social things either have to be pushed off or, you know, something different. And even yeah. for me, I was looking at my schedule. My 20 miler is the same weekend of my bridal shower. And what? yeah, so I'm trying to figure out like, yeah, you got to change move that. that or yes. I was... You need to move that 20. No, you don't want to do that. You got to enjoy your bridal shower, girl. I'm going to enjoy my bridal shower. So I know it's not going to be the day of, but Mm -hmm. I did take off the day before. And I'm like, I could probably do 20 miles the day before, relax, and just be like, oh my gosh, you have something to look forward to. So we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, dang, why did it fall on this weekend? (laughs) But I mean, I made my own schedule, so I can't adjust. But a part of me just wants to get it over with, and it'd be kind of a reward to have my shower. So I got you. I got you. But yeah, yeah, so far so good. I know like every marathon um, training cycle I've ever done, I've gotten sick um, mm. just because of the constant running, you know, your immune system mm. kind of gets weaker. So I know at some point I'm probably going to catch a cold, but other than that, I'm, uh, I'm hoping to stay injury free. Yeah. Yeah. I've really been trying to, same here, really trying to, I don't usually get sick, but I have to, I've been ramping up my recovery this tra- this route around. So I do the tart cherry do- juice in the evenings, usually, especially if I did a run that I know was a little bit tougher or harder on my body. I do tart cherry juice that helps with the inflammation um, and also helps you to sleep a little bit mm-hmm. more. So I've been trying to do that, definitely doing my foam rolling and stretching and strength training. Um, I know that with my two, my first two marathons, I did not include a lot of that in there. So I'm trying to stay on top of that this time around. So. Yeah. Um, definitely doing the strength training. I got the, I've been using the Therabody. Um, definitely works. I, I definitely, um, uh, have figured out cause you know, it comes with its own little, um, app mm-hmm. that you can put in for, um, run recovery and it walks you through the steps of the, where to put the Therabody and how long to put it there and the motion you're supposed to make. So it's actually been pretty cool. Um, I, I've definitely liked it. Um, yeah, definitely can feel the difference the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I use my massage gun, I definitely feel a difference. It's almost like it's so much quicker and more efficient than <laughs> to me, sometimes foam rolling when you don't want to get on the ground and be crawling around, but yeah. if you can just lay in the bed and have the gun rolling, you know, rolling on you. It definitely is very efficient. So, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to 18 weeks of fun. That's what I'm going to call it. Definitely, 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 definitely. 18 weeks of fun, staying positive about it and just rolling with the punches. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so I alluded to the World's um, Athletics Championship that took place this past weekend. Congratulations to everyone. Um, listen, I had Braxton up here watching it with me. We were really enjoying watching a lot of the sessions. Um a lot of the meets, shall I say, a lot of the meets, of course, you know, waking up on Sunday morning to watch the men's marathon and watching the women's marathon on Monday morning was definitely um, very, very good to see. And just want to say congratulations to Sarah Hall, Emily, uh, Emma Bates um, and Cara D'Amato, like great performance. The first time that 
uh, U.S. women have have took a couple spots in the top ten of that of that world championship. Of course, um, Sarah Hall was you know in within the top five, and it's just one of those things where I feel like uh, U.S. women are really continuing to crank out and get even better. Um, and it, it honestly, I feel like for the marathon, it worked out in our favor. There were some people, obviously, that that pulled out of the marathon, but I just think that it worked out in the U.S.'s favor, and we just continue to get better, um, which is definitely amazing for me. Can't say the same thing on the on the men's side. Of course, we expected Rupp to be out there, um, and he had some back issues that he had been dealing with that were kind of uh, started to nag him towards you know, the latter part of the race, but, you know, I just feel like we have to definitely represent there and just say congratulations to the people that did it. And it was great to also see Allison Felix do her last lap around the track. Um, that was very emotional and I didn't cry, but it was, it was nice to see her do that. And she's had an amazing career and just to see pictures of her, Tommy, from when she started to where Mm -hmm. she is now, um, it's just amazing to see that. And then, of course, we had the first female Native American um, to want, win a record. So Janae Casanovold, and I may be pronouncing her name wrong, but congratulations to her. So just some amazing things that happened with the World Championship definitely took place in Eugene. It was one of those things where I would have loved to fly out there. Yeah, um, I didn't watch the marathons, but I did watch some of the uh, track sessions. Mm-hmm. Um um, honestly, uh, because Trey, my son, he wanted to see it. Like oh, I would happen good. to be flipping through and he was like, look, they're running, dad, they're running, they're running. Aww, so, so he awesome. wanted to, to watch and watch them go around. He's like, oh, so they're on a track and, you know, he's taking it all in. Um, but you know, it's, I, I, I enjoy watching track and field. I always have, I'm being from mm-hmm. Florida, track and field was huge. Um, track and field in Florida was almost as big as football. Like the stadiums were packed. Um, to watch the, um, you know, the 100 meters, the 400 meters, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So it was fun to watch. Um, I, I was telling you, I think uh, I'm going through Kipchoge withdrawals. That's why I didn't really get that much into the marathon. Mm-hmm. The, you know, like you said, you know, um, the women, you know, they did finish top 10. We didn't do a lot in the men's side for um, the U.S. And, I, you know, I just want something to cheer for, I guess. Um, and I, I felt like, you know, if Kipchoge's not running, I wasn't in, you know, in the mood to get up on Sunday to watch it. Um, but you know, otherwise, uh, I think, you know, it's been a great world championships. I think the U S has 18 medals at this point. Um, right behind them was, uh, Kenya and Ethiopia, both with six, um, Mm -hmm. medals. Uh, so, you know, those are the track powers. I would think Britain would be a little bit higher because they're usually in there somewhere, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's a, it's a great world championship. And I think it's, it's being put on, you know, by, you know, probably the Mecca of track and field in the U S um in that area yeah well this is the first time that the world championships has ever been on u.s soil so i think that it is it definitely stands for something that the you know usa is representing and doing their thing because it has not been in america um this is the first time and like you said it's the best place to have it (laughs) at this point i mean they could bring it to atlanta but you know it's the best (laughs) place to have it um I don't think Oregon. they want that so heat right now. Sure. Yeah, I don't they don't know. want it. They don't want it. <laughs> they don't want it. I was just saying, like, you know, it could be like second best. You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, that that definitely would be awesome. Now, Tommy, I had one of our listeners, Kara, DM me, and she had listened to our previous episode, and she said, "This is her words verbatim." 
I need to hear Tommy's thoughts on Kipchoge not running worlds, choosing Berlin and not New York or Boston. She said that she has strong opinions about it, but I want to hear Tommy's thoughts. So Tommy, what are your thoughts? I know well, you just said that, that Kipchoge... I'm, know, I'm getting, quick, I'm getting Kipchoge withdrawal. I want to okay. I want to see the... I mean, I, that all my, my statement is always, I don't care what the sport is. I want to see whoever's the best at it. I will watch anything. I, I barely know anything about cricket, but if you tell me this guy's the best at cricket, I'll probably watch him because I want to see whoever's the best at it. And that's why I want to see Kipchoge. Now, as far as him not running the worlds, um, I, I, I mean, I'm sure there were some world major marathon winners in the field because, you know, Galen Rupp has won a, a world major marathon. Um, but the top three finishers, none of them have won a world major marathon. Um, you know, and I, and I don't know if, you know, that's how he, he felt like the, the competition wasn't there. Does Kipchoge think there is competition? I mean, really, does he? I mean, you know, he, he might not even think there is competition no matter where he goes because he hadn't seen any in, you know, so long. But um, I think in the end, it, I think it comes down to money. Um, a lot of times I'm sure he gets a lot of money from Berlin for just appearance fees. Um, we were looking at, you know, how much the runners get for world major marathons. Honestly, so it was 30000 for a gold medal at the Worlds. Mm -hmm. um, Berlin, what was it, 50 or 40 euros? We said it was it was 40 euros. So, so that's about, I'm thinking, mm -hmm. exchange rate, uh, 50000 because they're, yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. I don't know. Don't quote me on that part of it. But it was 40,000 euro, but you had bonuses that you could get by for running a world record. You had bonuses that you could get for sp finishing under a certain time. Mm -hmm. um, so you could, you know, walk out with over $100,000 in Berlin. Um, so. And whether, London, 55. We, we yeah. said that it was 55,000. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was 55,000 in London. I mean, that's not a whole lot, big difference. And Boston was the highest. I think Boston was over 100,000 mm -hmm. for the winner. Um mm -hmm. Was one um, so I, I'm not sure why he doesn't want run worlds, why he doesn't want to come put his feet on U.S. soil. Um, maybe he has a, you know, he's run Berlin so many times that might be something that he feels, you know, it's kind of somewhere in his heart that that's just the race he his likes race, to run. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but as how do I feel about it? I guess the question was, mm -hmm. I'm not happy. Because I would love, I mean, we've talked about this. I would love him to run in the U.S. so we can go see it. So yeah. we can go. I mean, he's run in the U.S., but hasn't been recent. <laughs> yeah. Well, how long ago? When did he, when was the last time he ran in the U.S.? Mm, I have to look up the years, but he definitely has run here. Um, I just, I did, it just hasn't been, I think, since we have been like in this podcasting game um, to mm -hmm. be excited about. He ran a so. marathon in the U.S.? Mm -hmm. Really? Okay. All right. I'm sorry, Kip. You've been, you've been here. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, to keep running Berlin and, and London, at some point, you got to come across the pond. At some point, you got to, you know, come over here because um, you have a lot of fans in the U.S. for sure. Um, I think <clears throat> him running in a U.S. Uh, marathon, um, it would be kind of like when Tiger plays a, a, a golf tournament in your town. The, the crowds would swell just to see mm -hmm. him you know, uh, run a race, but I'm not mad at him. You know, it's, it's his life. You know, he's, he, he's the goat. He can do what he wants, 
Um, but yeah, do I want him to run on the U.S. soil? Yes. Would I like to run in New York? Yes. Would I like him to run Boston? Yes. Chicago? Something where mm-hmm. I can go and stand on the sideline and you know, you know, watch him. Go go to a, a press conference and and listen to him talk in person. That would be a great thing. That's something that you know here in the U.S. we can't do. And you know, people of Berlin and London get to do it. You know, seems like every single year. Yeah, and I think it, like you said, it just looks very different. I I think I'm more interested in him doing all of the the world majors, but also when is he going to retire? I think that that's more so what I'm thinking about. Like, mm-hmm. I don't see him having several more years in, in him and not saying that he's getting any slower because I think that he's, you know, done amazing he's, and continue to be the yeah. Yeah. But I just think that there typically is, um, there is, you know, you're, you're not you typically running several several years into your late 40s or whatever it is so you know he is 37 at this point he's the same age as me um and so I just think that it's it's very interesting to see um and see what he's going to do with it so well I mean like you said because you know he only will run two marathons a year so I mean you know I I mean you know uh, I mean, that means that he definitely couldn't compete because I think in Chicago and New York are probably too close together for him. Yeah, to, and he's yeah. done Chicago already. I'm looking at Abbott's World mm-hmm. Major Marathon. So he has run Chicago. Um, and so he definitely would need to 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 come over, obviously, to New York. But yeah. I just think that it's, you know, it's just interesting to see. And like you said, it just depends on how fit he is, where he think he can probably you know, dominate the most in. I'm pretty sure his reasons of where he runs is is very strategic. Well, this is what we need to do. We Okay, we need to stop. Don't talk to Kipchoge. We need to talk to Nike. We need to talk yeah. to Nike and be like, hey, y'all need to throw some money at your boy. Mm-hmm. Give him, a, give him a, a big fat appearance fee to run in the U.S. Yeah. I bet you that would work. Like, you know, you can, you know, game it up for the next whatever shoe release you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And um, get him to run here in the U.S. That's who we actually need to be talking to. Bring um, him back over, Nike. Bring him back over. Exactly to <laughs> to get him back over here. But you know, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, I, I don't have super strong feelings that he hasn't run over here, but I do have super strong feelings that I haven't seen him run in a while. That's probably my stronger feeling. Like okay. whether it be in person or on TV. Come mm-hmm. on, man. We need you to toe the line. <laughs> so you know, I, I got to I look. I want to see that bounce. You you flying down. I want you. I want to see you looking back at the person behind you, telling them to come on. The, <laughs> I, I'm, the, in, I'm in the mood <laughs> to see that again. <laughs> you ready to see his banter? Of <laughs> exactly. <trying> to get <laughs> people. <laughs> exactly. So that's what trying I'm waiting on. People. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely one of those those things where he is very fun to watch. Like he's mm-hmm. just a uh, a fun athlete to watch because it does seem effortless um when he whenever he does run it seems effortless he just has a good spirit about it I think that that's the other thing is that he definitely has a good spirit about running and kind of what's next for him is is always kind of a mystery but when we're able to to learn and find out it's always good yeah um you know when I think of Kipchoge I I put him in the same stratosphere as um Michael Jordan um Kobe Tom Brady 
these guys that are singularly focused, no matter how how many accolades they've gotten, no mm-hmm. matter how many championships they've won, they are singularly focused on winning the next one. Right. And I think that's how Kachogi thinks. I think he he humbles himself to stay um, exactly where he was when he first started running. So he still gets up, you know, so he doesn't get that, hey, I'm a millionaire now. Maybe I don't run this morning. Mm-hmm, he, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He goes to the camp, and he 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 he's just like anybody else that's at the camp. He runs whatever. I mean, of course, he may think that everybody knows that's not the case, but um, right. that he's just like everybody else at the camp. He he works out. He stretches. He runs. He eats the same things that everybody else eats. The same things he's been eating since he started, and that's right. why, in my opinion, he stays on top. I think mm-hmm. this money that is out here. Um, you know, we talk about the money, like, you know, $50,000, whatever that's for, for where he is from. That's a lot of money. That's mm-hmm. money that changes that, you know, that, that changes your life in his country. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so I think a lot of times we'll see these guys come out when, you know, maybe not a world major, but just win some marathons. And then all of a sudden we don't see him anymore. Nothing against them, but that might have been their their purpose. Like, hey, I need or, to make this money. Yeah, like that was their goal. Yeah, ultimately. that was their goal. Like, I want to get to this point, win this money so I can help my family or whatever it is, you know, I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but no matter how many he wins, he keeps it focused. Yeah, and, and we're over here putting our, our hopes on him continuing to come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or continue to do more. But it's like, I've I reached my goals. I don't know what y'all talking about. <laughs> So, exactly. Yeah, that definitely is true. So um, that's kind of how I think about him. And then also, I mean, you know, at five o'clock in the morning, you know, what we, you know, when you you getting up and you like, you know what, maybe not this morning. Mm-hmm. What do you ask yourself? What would Kipchoge do? Right. He get up and he hit these miles. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what mm-hmm. I have to tell myself in the morning because I ain't gonna lie to you. I'd be like, man, <laughs> I really don't want to move right now. Right. Um, but if you don't want to hit hit that bonk in the middle of a marathon, you got to get up in the morning. Yeah, definitely. Well, at the end of the day, Kipchoge has done four of the stars, of course, Chicago, Berlin, London, and Tokyo. And he just needs to mark off New York and um, New York and Boston. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I hopefully within the next couple of years, we'll get to see that. Maybe that's, I, maybe that's his grand finale. Maybe his maybe grand finale, he runs Boston and New York in the same year and goes off into, you know, waves to y'all and goes off into the sunset. I mean, it's an option because they definitely are spread apart enough. So yeah, they exactly. wouldn't be, need to be on the Olympics year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, so we, we will see. We will yes. see. So good, good, good. Well, it sounds like we have been having an amazing last couple of weeks um, just on kind of a personal tend and just kind of promotion here. I want to say um, that I am on the planning committee for a retreat that is happening in September called Take the Lead. Um, it is happening in Seattle, which is really exciting. I have never been to Seattle, so I'm really excited for the retreat to take place there and I can go somewhere new. But it's taking place Sunday, September 25th, 26th, starting on Sunday, September 25th and going through the 22nd. And it's for women and femme um, of color that are basically coming together to allow there to be a space to discuss being in the running industry 
um, helping to build community, talking about career development, different programs when it comes to community, mentorship and sponsorship. Um, the, the retreat will take place on Brooks headquarters. So they are one of the, the largest sponsors of the retreat along with others. Um, but it's going to be a good time and a, a good, healthy, safe space for women of cover, color to come together and discuss. Because as we know, um, we are trying to change the narrative of what it looks like to work in the running industry, whether that be working for a brand, doing social media things, having your own business as a coach. You all know that that's been something that has been my thing for the last couple of years and just kind of being a person of interest um, in the space of working for working with different organizations in the running community and being a person of color doing that is a big deal. And we just feel like it's time to come together. And for a lot of us that either already work in the space or are interested in becoming a part of the running community and work in this space at an opportunity, it'll be an opportunity to connect with brands and connect with others that are already in this space. And also just kind of discuss some of the barriers that we encounter and ways to work around that. So again, that is Take the Lead. It's happening in Seattle on Sunday, September 25th, Monday the 26th and Tuesday the 27th. So Perfect. definitely check out my Instagram to be able to register. And you can also go to Take the Lead to uh, look at it, look it up as well on Instagram. That, that's great. That's great. And I swear to God, I better not get any messages about, well, why can't the men go? Because y'all yes, had y'all. Y'all yes. had your retreats for years, dude. <laughs> yes, okay? years. Y'all had years and years and years of retreats. Mm -hmm. so, don't, don't DM us don't, about why can't men go yeah, or don't, why it's don't not do that. inclusive for people that are not women of color, please, because the retreats <laughs> exactly. that I have are in Don't this, don't so, don't yeah. do give me the reverse discrimination. Stop. Right. That was like this dude that was like, well, um, he, it was Mother's Day, and this guy uh is a friend of mine. He hits me up. Well, you know, I'm divorced. What what do what do um guys get for Mother's Day that have to be the dad and the mom? It's called Father's Day, dumbass. I'm sorry, right. leave, leave that. But it's called Father's Day. Right. Stop. Right. Stop. Exactly. Let people let people have their day. Dang, come yes. on. Yes. So. Let people have it. Um, and of course we we definitely obviously allies and stuff. But we the, I think the biggest thing is having a space to where we can feel comfortable because there are running retreats that take place. But I think a lot of times they there we may be one or two or five in the room amongst mm -hmm. hundreds or 50 or whatever it is. And some of the comments or feedback that we may want to give, we never feel very comfortable because it's dominated by honestly Caucasian individuals. And so it's kind of one of those things where this retreat is going to allow us to have that safe space and have conversations that typically probably will not take place at other retreats. So we're excited exactly. to build our own lane and have our own retreat. And hopefully this will be the first year of many. And that segues perfectly into the guest we're gonna have today. Yes, it a does. A young lady of color, Dr. Kimberly Rodriguez. Yes. Um, and we're gonna have a great conversation with her. So just stay put and we're gonna bring her home now. And we are back. I am super excited. Well, I should say we are super excited because Tommy is excited as well that we have Dr. Kim Rodriguez here. Um, she is a doctor of chiropractic care and she has chiropractic family wellness as well as the founder of, of Latinas Running. She is a runner and I will also say she is my chiropractor that's keeping me all together. But hello, Dr. Kim, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on your show today. Thank you for taking time out of your day to speak with us, Dr. Kim. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited to get to talk to y'all. 
Yes, busy, busy, busy. I know that you are. But of course, like most of the interviews that we take place, we want to hear a little bit about you um, and kind of how you entered the running world. Because not only are you a chiropractor, you have Latinas running. We know that you have, you do running and hiking and all of these other things. But kind of where did all of that start? Where did your journey begin entering into the running world? My journey entering into the running world uh, was actually when I was, I used to do crew. Rowing was my sport back in high school and then in college. Mm. And we had to train for many months before we could even get on the boats. Mm. And uh, I didn't realize just how much running I did. <laughs> it really pushed me. Uh, I didn't consider myself a runner back then, but I actually had to run a lot just to train. A lot of people think rowing is just all about arms, but it's actually 70% of your power comes from your legs. Mm. So we had to do a lot of running to row. Uh, and then I rode in college the first two years. And then in my college journey, I was diagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome, mm. where it's a condition a with a struggle with my hormones. I put a lot of weight that year and I really fell rock bottom in my mental health. And from then on, I decided to pick a crazy goal and I trained for the Marine Corps half mm -hmm. in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I went to VCU for my undergrad mm -hmm. that year before though, before I get just say that that's where really my running story kicked off. But my sorority sisters, I'm part of Sigma Lambda Upsilon, Señorita Latinas Unidas Sorority Incorporated. Mm. Um, and uh, they signed, they, I just, I did the Monument 10K with them in Richmond. I didn't know mm -hmm. what the heck a 10K was. And I said, sure. <laughs> and I <laughs> went along and uh, that was my first race. I didn't even know what 10Ks, 5Ks were. And we just we just did it. And then right after that is when I pursued the Marine Corps half. Wow. So when you were doing rowing and running was incorporating a lot of leg work, it was just kind of like time-based, like go out and run, but y'all never kind of talked about the distances that you all were doing. Yeah, it was more time-based, but uh, distance-based too. Sometimes we had to do up to like five miles and it was some trail, uh, mm. just hills. We had to do a lot of hills, uh, but yeah, never really... <laughs> talked into it was a part of that's when I didn't enjoy running at all because mm. it was just it was I mean very difficult but it really pushed me to be a better athlete um and then uh through going back to just the marine corps half when I picked that impossible goal at that point um I remember my mom was like do you know what you're doing you right run. I was like <laughs> I know <laughs> We're going to figure this thing out, though. <laughs> and uh, I just, I was, I did, I found a training, I think, on Pinterest or something on Google. I did it old school. I bought a poster board from the dollar store. I kind of okay. copied with what they did with my knowledge, too, as my major was exercise science. Um, and I created a plan for me. And every week I started just with walking, running. Uh, and I led up, did the Marine Corps half. And at the same time, I had just met a chiropractor too. And between running and chiropractic, my body started self-regulating. Uh, I had been told I needed a surgery, didn't need the surgery anymore. And so mm -hmm. running and chiropractic really were my healers. And that's now my story. And I'm a chiropractor now, and I have a community about running. <laughs> yes. And an amazing chiropractor as that, at that, I will definitely say. And I just, 
So I'll just plug this really quickly. So before I started working with Dr. Kim, I had seen chiropractors, but it was only because I had been in car accidents. And, you know, a lot of times when you get into car accidents, they tell you, you got to go see this chiropractor to basically get your insurance payment. Like they want to see that you're getting the services to, for help because something may be wrong. But of course, when you go to see these chiropractors, they're not really getting understanding of your body, what happened to you. They're doing a quick pop, whatever. They're not gentle. They're not asking questions. And you got to come see them like every day. Like it's ridiculous, like the process. And I always found myself having more pain leaving the chiropractor than when I went. And so for me, I never had a very positive experience with chiropractic services. Now, fast forward to my listeners, you all know that I dealt with some injuries over the last couple of years. And along with personal training, I also incorporated seeing a chiropractor, and that is Dr. Kim. And when I tell you all, that is a totally different experience <laughs> than these crackle and pop doctors that are just doing just doing that and not actually fully servicing. I have personally been learning so much about my body where I was not aligned. And honestly, and I'll tell you this to Tommy, she adjusts things that you wouldn't even think needs to be adjusted or even uses the gun and like using all these tools and you just really didn't realize that you needed it and it's not just a spine crack and a neck crack like it's so much more than that it's your ankles it's, it's these little the little tweaks on the side of your knee it's like it's so many different things that kind of align together your pelvis and how it tilts and all of these things so I don't know. I just, that's my little shameless plug for you, Dr. Kim, because you are very different than, than other chiropractors. And I, I just want to really say, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, and you know what you're sharing though? I mean, I wish I could say the story is different, but really it's not. There's a, there's a lot of not too much education really is to one, what chiropractic is, uh, also people don't know that we practice so differently there's over 200 different chiropractic techniques and what you see on videos on tiktok on most uh, offices that yeah post accident is very quick very quick um it's also mm -hmm. it's actually called diversified full spine manual adjustments and i actually you know i took I kind of specialize with pediatrics and prenatals. So I use a combination of tonal techniques that you will never hear a sound. And that's why I tell people like, say, maybe you had a bad experience or you're nervous mm -hmm. about your neck being adjusted. I am a firm believer, just like a diet. What might work for you might be look very differently on how I adjust my second patient that comes right after you. So mm -hmm. you might never, I might never have to adjust your neck manually if that's not what you want. Um, but that's why I try different techniques, depending on what the patient presents with also their comfort level. I would tell them, Hey, communicate with me because most of the times to say the doctor never had the opportunity to know that, Hey, you had my neck hurt after that adjustment. Okay. So how do we adapt a different technique? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of just gaps in information. Um, also, uh, so that, and, the, and especially for runners too. Um, most of the time, people coming from other uh, like doctors, it's always the route is physical therapy. It's never mm -hmm. chiropractic is never that's like emphasized. And uh, I don't now more of our, I guess, more newer generation chiropractors and PTs were bigger, slowly, the mm -hmm. profession about let's collab, let's, uh, mm -hmm. let's mm -hmm. co-manage. 
but there's for years, years, it's always been a rivalry between chiropractic and physical therapy because we do get to work with patients with the same injuries. Mm-hmm. But I'm very big about co-managing and supporting each other and what's best for the patient. Uh, that's that's my style. Definitely. So tell us what are some things that are unique to, I guess, someone that may be even injured or just manage support to come to you at a runner that may come to you. So like, for example, my entry into you was I was working with a physical therapist and I began to have kind of this lower back pain, which I self-diagnosed my, I self-diagnosed that I had sciatica and she was like, girl, you don't have sciatica. (laughs) (laughs) So get on Google y'all. But, you know, we found out that it was the piriformis syndrome and like all of these things. But I know, are there any commonalities or things that runners could benefit, runners that may be injured or um, may need the service that would be good to come to a chiropractor for? Are there certain things that a runner may need you for? Even if they're not injured, I think that maintenance seems to be good as well. Um, Even for me, I'm like, I need to make an appointment. Um, But what is... What do you, what are your thoughts on that for our runners? Sure. Um, some of the biggest benefits is one, as a chiropractor, we, we try and teach our patients and also approach a patient from a whole body approach. So we say you come in with a specific injury. We never just look at just the injury. I'm also looking at your extremities, your feet. I'm big about the feet are roots. <laughs> How are those? Um, you know, common injuries like you hear runner's knee, which can be repetitive stress uh, on the knee, plantar fasciitis, all these other injuries. Um, but I, the as chiropractors, uh, our emphasis is the nervous system. The nervous system controls every single cell tissue organ in your body. And so if there's something that could be irritating a nerve, the, depending on the level of the spine, can be causing other effects that you don't even realize. And as runners, our posture, when we get tired, we hit mile two, mile three, depending on the distance you're training, your posture um, starts like weakening. You don't even realize it, that you're running with not the best posture. And so when you come into the chiropractic office, we're looking at your posture. What are ways we can improve also muscles, muscle imbalances, flexibility, your range of motion, but also the biggest thing is mental health. Most of the patients that come in here, they're stressed. Um, they're day-to-day. Many are still working from home. Um, these muscles are tight. The muscles, tightness of muscles is also can be even from our, our minds. Well, what's going on in our day-to-day, our finances, our family, other things. And so when you come into the office, especially, you know, I practice with different techniques. And sometimes I use these tonal techniques that there's breath work incorporated. And sometimes mm-hmm. my patients tell me, I never did that. (laughs) Or we'll have Apple watches, but we don't listen to them. So I'm Mm -hmm. a firm believer that a coach needs a coach. I need my own chiropractor. And uh, this is a safe space just to be able to to breathe. And when you leave here and I'm working on your muscles and the goal is for you to leave better from from a whole body approach and not just focusing on your symptom, uh, Mm -hmm. that's how a lot of people then just improve their mental health less fatigue, feeling better, more positive, happier. Ooh, I can move better. I'm not in so much pain. Uh, So mental health and um, yeah, flexibility, decreasing pain. But the biggest thing is you don't have to be in pain to come here. I can guarantee that I'm going to find at least one health goal to work with you um, when you come in here. And yeah. 
So, and just to, for someone who's never, you know, I've never been in an accident or anything like that, so I've never used a, a <laughs> chiropractor. Um, for someone who's never used a chiropractor, when they come in for their first visit, um, about number one, how long would a, a visit be? How often would you recommend somebody coming in? Or does that uh, change based on what you find out from that first visit? Yeah, so if you come in here as a wellness patient, you know, first time getting chiropractic care, you're not in pain. Uh, I, after I do your exam, I recommend a certain number of visits. For the basis for me, it's eight. It can be 12, um, but I tell the patient, depending on how they're improving, an improvement can be, um, say, even working on strengthening some of the muscles that I find weak after I do some muscle testing during your exam or your posture. Uh, but my end goal, uh, I, don't I don't believe, this is just my style, I'm, I'm just speaking for myself, I don't believe in you having to come three times a week for six months, uh, especially when you're not in pain. I don't want to see my patients that much. For me, that shows me you're not getting better. So I'm, I just tell everybody, look at me as a, simply as another provider, like you're going to your dentist, you're going to P your PCP. My goal is for you to come to your chiropractor at least once uh, quarterly. Once, you know, we, we get to your health goals. Uh, so even eight sessions, right? That's actually, a, that's a very odd number compared to many offices around me um, where they go eight to 12 or 24, 32. Uh, so, you know, and some patients might need it a little more, but I, once sometimes they reach wellness care, they, they'll come in, they'll get on the schedule and they, cause they feel better, but it's not an addiction thing, which is what people think. Um, I, it's, uh, I'm like, no, we're not trying to get anybody addicted to anything, but I mean, you're, you're, we use our muscles day to day. So look at me as your muscle doctor working gotcha. on your muscles and your, and your body. Yeah. Definitely. Well, listen, I appreciate that. And I know we jumped all the way ahead to your <laughs> being a chiropractor, um, in the midst of learning about you, but I just felt it be, being very befitting, um, to kind of talk about what services that you provide um, and how it's connected as a runner. Now, alongside with you being a pre, being a rower in the in the past, as well as doing running and the Marine Corps, you also had an entry into hiking. Tell us a little bit about that. What did that look like for you? Which is, you know, if, if anybody follows Latinas running, you have. Um, partnered with some organizations to do some hiking workshops and kind of getting people an entry into hiking. So how did you enter into the hiking world and what that looked like for you? Yeah, I, I entered into the hiking world when I came to chiropractic school. I, I really struggled with my mental health, especially my second year of school with so much stress. And, and uh, I started following accounts, uh, just hiking accounts, and I stumbled upon Latinx hikers, which I'm, they are a community that they're all big about hiking. And they introduced, I went to their first event and I felt so comfortable. And I started going attending their events. And my hiking really helped me out with my mental health in grad school. So that's really where I feel I always reset myself when I'm feeling very stressed out. And um, that's kind of where it kicked off. Uh, but that's, that's where I guess was my escape from school. Mm. And uh, now with Latinos running, if those that follow us, especially this past year, I've been incorporating more hikes. Uh, 
Cooking also teaches us to slow down. We have to listen to our breath. We have to listen to the steps next to us. We get to build that community, that connection, um, reflection, breathing, because hiking is very challenging. It's not what, it's not just walking, especially if there's a, you know, a big incline. Mm -hmm. Um, So it teaches us to physically slow down, but also mentally slow down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, hiking, my entry was Stone Mountain Park, which is a little different. <laughs> and then over the years of getting actually on trails, um, but I agree, like it definitely causes you to slow down. It's not the same as like pacing on the roads. So, you know, I actually got to say, I think Stone Mountain was my the first one, but I, that, back then I was like, I didn't know that's not really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hiking. It's just a different level and it's not as, unless you go off the beaten path, because if you're just going up the rock, it's a little different than they do have trails like within the mountain that literally you're in between the trees, like, like, you know, true trail, but I've never been in those pieces because yeah, just haven't gotten to that part yet of my trail. <laughs> I don't know. It's a little, little too many wild animals. I, I've done the trails and I've seen too much wildlife. I was like, nah, I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna stick with the people. For- I think I'm good with the wildlife. I think it's the people for me. Uh, I grew up in Stone Mountain, and um, there's some organizations out there that still, still, uh, still have meetings. <laughs> And I just don't, you know, feel as comfortable on the trails. And I think that that's, you you know, a conversation that we could go into a whole nother conversation (laughs) on trail and safety and all that stuff and feeling comfortable as a person of color. But I just don't, I don't know. We'll get there. Um, I think that organizations like Latinas Running, the more that you educate and have people to go on trails with you and communicate about those different things and allowing it to be a space of positivity um, and a space of kind of rebuilding your mental, like you mentioned, Dr. Kim, I think that that is what's important is to kind of give people that exposure because like myself, I'm not as exposed to trail as I am for road. And I can talk to you all day about road running and racing, but when it comes to trails, that's just a piece that um, I'm less educated on, but I really appreciate when groups come together to help to educate people and help them to learn because it's, def- it's a definitely a different experience, a different technique and different needs that you have to have when you are um, a- doing hiking or any kind of trail running as well. So true. Very true. Yes. But um, Dr. Kim, also, so what, what, I understand why you started Latinos, Latinas running, but you tell me, because it takes a little something. I mean, people get into running and then they want to give something back. And that's basically what you're doing with your group. What clicked in your head one day? Like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to start a group. What, what, what did that for you three years ago? What kicked in my head is, uh, so I, I went, did the Disney princess half marathon, which is, uh, one of the biggest Disney races for, you know, powering women, but especially I went, that was also the first race. I just went out of state, did it by myself. And when I showed up for an expo so big and so many women, and I mean, I love the Disney race, but I was blown away, especially in Orlando, Florida, where there is a big community of Latinos and Latinas that there were hardly women of color there. Um, and I was, and even picking up my packet and for years, but that's when I guess I just had never been surrounded by a race that was so many women and I didn't see it. And I was like, this, I, how cool would it be? I can show up to a race with just others that I connect, but also the biggest thing for me. And when I started running and, and, you know, in college 
I try to go to group runs and I just felt like, I mean, I'm a slow runner and I felt very intimidated, but also when I try to go, I didn't connect with anybody there. Mm-hmm. Um, and being reminded of, hey, you can show up as a walker today um, mm-hmm. or it's okay, we'll wait for you. <laughs> You're not gonna be in the bed alone. Uh, so those those reminders. Uh, and so that's when it kind of, the idea was like, I was yearning for a community. But then that was February 2019. Then in June was the first annual Women's Trail Fest here in Clayton, Georgia, hosted by Collective, Collectively Outside. And it was a weekend empowering of workshops, different women from beginner runners to ultra runners. And uh, my inspiration, who I hadn't seen, kind of was the first woman that I saw myself in doing all these amazing things was Myrna Valerio. And mm-hmm. uh, she, you know, she's just really empowering. And I, I remember I was just like geeking out when I got to meet her because she was actually the speaker there. And mm-hmm. uh, and uh, she said, if there's not a community for you, create one. That was the end of her, like towards the end of the speech. And I was like, just hearing her and I've been following her for years. And she's was like, ah. so I left the trail fest like two weeks later. And I was like, we're doing this. And it gave me so much fire. I was on Instagram. I was actually with my friend having lunch from Latinx Hiker. She's the co- co-founder. And uh, she was helping me make sure it wasn't taken on Instagram. Made my first picture. My first picture is from the Disney Princess Half Marathon. And uh, introduced myself, started following people, stalking some accounts, hashtagging, (laughs) just connect with other runners. And then Diverse We Run um, was one of the first people to actually share my platform. And hey, this is a, she's starting a community, go follow her. Carolyn Sue, yeah. (laughs) Yes, Carolyn Sue, she's amazing. And then from then just started connecting, showing my journey, and now we're a community. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah, a def a good community, a, a strong community, a supportive community, um, and obviously a community too that is not close to other individuals. Like I am a part of Latinas Running, and I go to organization, I go to events that take place here in Georgia, um, and and support um, because I think it's, it's it's important for all of us to support. But I also recognize we're all people of color and. You know, we we just need to support each other and continue to grow the community. So I'm very happy for you. I'm very excited whenever Latinas Running does something or you do something in general. It's very, very exciting and empowering to see it all and to see the love too from all the the individuals that are a part of Latinas Running from different states from all over the place. And they just really want to be a part of this community and are very excited for it to be there. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I did I did just want to share and emphasize um, when people see Latinas running, sometimes they think it's just for Latinas. And mm-hmm. uh, the biggest thing for me is just reminding everybody. I mean, uh, it empowers Latinas. The name is in the, the right. itself. But I'm very big about all runners um, creating that diversity. Anybody can come to our group runs, walks, runs. Um, you don't even have to come as a runner. And then um, body positivity as uh, that was something true. When my running journey really kicked off with that Marine Corps half was me struggling with my body with all the changes it was going through. And I didn't feel like a runner. I thought I was just a jogger because I was so slow. Um, And uh, now just owning that and reminding people how important is body positivity and loving the journey where we are as we continue to improve is is important in, in our health and and yeah, in our day to day. 
Definitely. And also inviting men as well. I know that a lot of the Latin, you know, Latinas running are female, but you know, non-binary men, everybody's welcome. Just a supporter. Like, yeah, everybody can, can join our community. That sounds Definitely. great. Um, and I, I noticed this is your three-year anniversary yes. um, coming up. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm super excited. Uh, we're going to get to celebrate it in two weekends for the first time. So, and uh, Lululemon is supporting the, helping me elevate that celebration, which I'm grateful. I've been starting to collaborate with them. So it's been awesome. Yes. Awesome. We love Lululemon and connecting with them. And I know that uh, you will, you're going to be running the 10K that's taking place in October as well. Yes. I'm yes. excited about that. So Tommy and I will be there. So that's yes. good. We'll be able to share the pavement um, with each other for that Lululemon race. Um, we are very excited about it. And I'm so glad that they are stepping up in partnership um, to assist you with your, your ventures, which are continuing to grow and continue to get even bigger. Yeah, they're doing so many great things here, especially for our, the running communities here in Atlanta. Yeah. Yes, so where indeed. do you see your Latinas running? Where do you see Cairo Care? Like, where do you see your or your businesses? What do you see over the next couple of years? What do you What do you want to see for your for your organizations and businesses? Uh, I am eventually. Uh, right now, Georgia has been the home base for Latinas running, which is where I'm at. Um, where we started our first event, but as more people have been connecting in the community there is such a need now or hey are you gonna do a group run walk here mm -hmm. so next goal I want to do like a Latinos running tour uh and it's in the next two years where I start doing group runs across the nation just to meet those runners that have been following me now for almost three years I'm very mm -hmm. big about authenticity making that organic connection and then from then hopefully start soon ambassadors and start chapters of Latinos running and mm. grow across the nation because we're all already all spreading and it's been really cool just people connecting even with the Latinos running shirt they meet at a 10k like now there's some falling from Texas and they did the LA marathon together in different states and now oh, nice. I'm like okay the need is there and yeah my business um I just celebrated my one year the same week as my three-year anniversary of Latinos running uh so I plan to stay in Georgia keep building Cairo care and then eventually, hopefully, um, I home is Virginia and uh, plan on moving back or whether hopefully opening a second location back then, maybe then getting a doctor to work here and then just check in on Latinas running in Georgia, this <laughs> my other home. And then we'll see from there just how life, where life takes me. Yes, <laughs> listen, manifest it all. Manifest exactly, it all. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, Dr. Kim, so let our, our listeners know how they can follow you, whether the business or the running um, on Instagram, you know, your websites, anything like that that you want to give us. Yes. Uh, best way to connect is you can follow me on my personal. It's Dr. Kim Possible. Uh, Cairo Care Family Wellness, which is my practice name, or Latinas Running. We also have a Facebook group of Latinas Running, which is what that's where a lot of the community happens. Uh, so those are the, the pages to follow me and connect with me. Great. Now, before you go, because I know you think I forgot, I have not. So I was scouring her Instagram and I ran across a little tale that uh, Dr. Kim hung out with Chris Brown at his house. 
So tell us how that happened. So Chris Brown is from Tappahannock, Virginia, about 30 minutes from Richmond. I went to VCU. And uh, one night I heard that I have been a Chris Brown fan forever. And somebody was like, hey, he's at, actually at the school gym. And I was like, what? And I was at the library. So me being crazy, <laughs> I actually went. I was like, they're lying to me. And nope, he was playing basketball. So I show up, I'm in my backpack. Literally 20 minutes later, the whole school finds out. And everybody's there, all these girls waiting for him. So then somebody that was with Chris Brown playing was like, hey, you want to hang out with us after? And uh, they invited, they just like five of us to go to his house after. And then um, I was kind of nervous at first, not going to lie, because I was really going. <laughs> um, they took our phones away. They're like, you can't take pictures. Um, so, I mean, I'm talking about 10 year old. 20 years ago, 15 years ago, so yeah. forever ago. Um, but it was kind of cool. And I remember, cause I love dancing. So that's the other thing of me. I love dancing. Um, I was a Zumba instructor and I went got a CD and I was like, hey, have you danced salsa? So I actually was dancing with him and he let me put a salsa CD and he was really cool. So that was actually my first time hanging out with him. Um, but I got to say, then he showed up, kept showing up to VCU. And one time I was getting out of the gym and uh, I just bumped into him. And I remember I dropped all my stuff and I was all sweaty after a Zumba class. And I was like, no. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but that's why I have like three pictures with him because then he kept showing up to our school. Eventually VCU was like, yo, Chris Brown, you can't come here no more. Right. That's so I can only imagine different um genre before I stepped in because I always saw his videos and everything. I was like, is this legit? Am I about to get kidnapped? What's happening? <laughs> I was like, let me look at the garage. And I was like, is that his car? Where's the graffiti? Where are the walls? And All right. Like, okay, we're in Chris Brown's home. <laughs> so, yeah, you never know. Those celebrities be having, you know, just it's just different. So I I I can understand checking it out to see where you've been taken. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, that that's great. I, I'm, <laughs> that's a good Chris <laughs> Brown story for sure. Okay. Oh, man. So, Dr. Kim, I want to thank you very much for taking time out of the day to speak with us. You gave us a lot of great information about, you know, chiropractic as well as your uh, running group. So thank you very much. No, thank you both. Yes, thank, thank you, you so much. And we will definitely be here. I am your referral and, and come run with Latinas running as well. <laughs> You're welcome. What a great conversation with Dr. Kim <laughs> and a little Chris Brown story. That was nice. I like that. Right. I like the that was nice. <laughs> She's such a well-rounded individual and super genuine and sweet. I just love connecting with people like that in the running community that are doing amazing things, but also providing service. And this obviously a good Chris Brown story doesn't hurt either. <laughs> so exactly. thank you so very much, Dr. Kim, for taking the time to come on and speak with us. We really enjoyed it. Um, and Tommy, it was good to chat with you again for another two weeks. Exactly, exactly. So, India, <laughs> if they want to get in touch with you and see if you met Chris Brown, how would they do that? <laughs> well, y'all can connect with me on Instagram if you need a Chris Brown story. I don't have one for you, but maybe I can like concoct something up. But my Instagram is I of Indigo Runs, and that's E N D I G O Runs. Um, and I, you can also find me on my website if you are needing run coaching services, emceeing you, my YouTube stuff, and that's at milesprimindia.com. Um, and you can also find me um, on Facebook at India Cook. 
And you can hit me up at Thomas W. Mitchell, the number two, at gmail.com, as well as on Instagram at tmitch 68 All right, people. We will see see you guys next next two weeks. Y'all have a good one.